What's up, everybody? This is Ahmed. And Luffy. And this is the Brotherly Love Podcast, episode 31. It's been a minute. Yes, uh, how are you guys doing? A lot of beautiful, stuff has changed. Beautiful people. A lot, a lot of stuff has changed. It's crazy, honestly. What changes are happening for you, my man? Uh, You know, like, I graduated college. Hey! You know, so, uh, that's, congratulations. that's what's up. Thank you, thank you. Um, After that, you know, now it's like, all right, working, like, full-time, as well as, like, doing my music thing. So, it's requiring a lot of, like, discipline. You know what I'm saying? A lot of areas that I was neglecting. Whether they be like my physical health or like even my spiritual health, um, so overall though, like it's I see it going in a positive way. It's it's funny because um, you know earlier when we were talking about like topics. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, literally the one of the questions I wanted to ask you was like, what has been like largest change or what's been what's been the biggest disconnect? I guess you know mm-hmm. I think when you're in school, you think that the real world, quote unquote, is going to end up being one way, and yeah. now that you're in it. What's been the biggest gap? Trying to the biggest fill? gap. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest gap is thinking that, you know, as soon as you graduate college, you have to have everything in order. You have to have everything done. Da, 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 da. You gotta have this job. You gotta have this car, this apartment, and then you realize people that you talk to that's in your age range, they're struggling with the exact same things you're struggling with. So then you realize, okay, so it's not just me. There's this big gap of, you know, reality in college, you know what I'm saying? Because even when it was, I think it was like around like February, I was just thinking like, oh yeah, you know, I don't think it's going to be like that hard or whatever. Then come to find out like two weeks before I'm graduating, nigga, I'm crying. You know what I'm saying? Just like straight up, I'm crying because I'm just like, bro, I'm stressed about, I don't know what to do. I don't have my like support group of my friends here anymore. So it's like, it's completely different. Um, So I just kind of learned like, don't punish yourself if you don't get it right. You know what I'm saying? Like you literally have so many chances that you can have. And so it's like, when you find out, oh, that's not the right way to go. All right, cool. Like, why, like imagine this. Why would you punish a kid who doesn't know any better? Mm-hmm. And you have to kind of, you know what I'm saying, treat yourself that way. It's like, you didn't know any better. All right, cool. Then you just learn from it. Yeah, I, I definitely understand that perspective. I wouldn't even say is like, don't punish. Well, you know, why would you punish a kid for not yeah. knowing better? Because none of us know better. Mm-hmm. You know, at, at no age does, does anyone know. We yeah. all playing the game or we're pretending, you know, it kind of goes back to that thing you were talking about earlier. I remember, you know, now it makes sense. The perceived state versus like the actual yeah, state, yeah. you know, and when you're in school, you have this perceived state of what things are going to be and how it's going to lay out because the first 22 years of your life were pre-planned. Mm-hmm. You know, for a lot of people, it's like the first 18 years, for some people, the first 22 years, however long you stay within that system, you've lived in a pre-planned life and at that moment is when you're supposed to magically embark and grow on your own as if it's this just some you know magical journey and the reality is that you know it wasn't a straight path to get to where you were it's not a straight path forward and everyone who was telling you it's a straight path lied yeah (laughs) like Like, you know some people would be like oh yeah no worries like just you know apply for jobs and and like you'll be straight bro i know people right who have in my opinion mashallah like amazing jobs right like they've lined themselves up really well and you would think from an outside perception like oh they have it figured out they got the job that they wanted you know what i'm saying they're out of their parents house like they're living life right but even then they're like like they'll tell me like yo bro like i didn't know i had these bills i had to pay you know, i didn't know about um like these t- i didn't know how to do taxes whatever and like you realize oh like just because someone's ahead let's say for instance someone's ahead of you career-wise right they reach a crazy amount of success at your age and you sit there like, wow, like they've done such an amazing thing. And one side of you is like, 
you feel great and you feel happy for them. On the other side, you f- you feel bad for yourself. You're like, why am I not there? Mm. You know what I'm saying? You start putting yourself like- Jealousy well, yeah, is just je- love and hate at the same time. Yo, Drake, Drake, hit us up, bro. I'm trying to- bro, <laughs> Hop on the pod. Hop on the podcast, bro. <laughs> Straight up. like he Because he, it's the truth. It's yeah. like people will look at you and, and you know what I'm saying? They're like, I, but, I, but I want that. I want that so bad. And it's like, okay, they might be excelling in something crazy, right? You don't but, know what what other domains I sacrificed for you to see this one successful domain. Exactly. And the thing is, right, is that like, you'll come to find out the people that you admire for something, they probably admire you for something else as well. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I've i talked to music artists. I've talked to like producers. I've talked to anyone who's like creative, right? And I admire them. I'm like, yo, like your work is crazy. And then they'll be like, yo, bro, I love the way you do your music or I love the way you talk about things. And I'm like, you watch what I do? Like, I'm, I'm so shocked because I'm... Sometimes I'll only look at like, oh, like what they're doing, whatever it is, and never take consideration that they can reflect as well with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bro. The Like some of the most respectable people give the most respect to other yeah, people. Yeah, straight up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> straight up. <laughs> Travis Scott. Right. And come on the pod. Come on the podcast. <laughs> Let's just make that we're, whole segment. We're just throwing out a whole bunch of invites. <laughs> come <laughs> on the podcast. We need a little buzzer thing that's like, yo, come on, on the Come on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yo, we, we're going we're gonna to invest in time. We honestly. Yeah, no, we can get the little deck thing. I, I found it. You found it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I figured less. out like what you know what I'm okay. saying. I've been slowly learning. Slowly, all right. you know, I'm not the most tech savvy guy. So on our interface, I just realized mm-hmm. we can connect speakers. I have speakers. What do you mean connect speakers? So on the back of the interface, mm-hmm. there's like plugs that you can add on to. And one of the plugs is like speakers. You can mm-hmm. add external speakers. I have external speakers downstairs. So when we have the buzzer, it would connect through and people can hear it. Like it would play out loud like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Word. Wow. Crazy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, bro, you know, like mm-hmm. when you give like the people who, who most of the time who are going around finding things like that in and of itself is respectable. The ability to find things in other people that you respect, because that takes you outside of yourself for a second and says, you know, what is it about this person that I admire? And let me stay in the admiration, because like you said earlier, admiration and hate, you know, jealousy and love like and hate, like it's also intertwined. And it's a it's a it's a very delicate balance. So for someone to stay in that lane and come up to you and genuinely tell you something that they appreciate about you, in that you should find something to appreciate about the person. Mm. Not like, you know, just off of, oh, you complimented me, so I feel like I have to compliment no, you No, but like back. genuinely do but like, it. Yeah, but like, yo, you having the humility to come up and, and you know, I mean, I'm not a celebrity, right? But <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a celebrity. Not in this life, but when I yeah. hear a lot of celebrities like talk sometimes, They'll be at like, you know, functions, galas, whatever. And they'll be with other people in their in their social circles who are obviously, you know, successful in their fields. And it, what, what do they say? The rapper wants to be the the, the athlete and the athlete. athlete wants to rap, yeah. you know, because it, they respect your craft in a different domain that they appreciate. Because at the end of the day, we're all people. So we all like music. We all might have had that. Think of how many people had dreams of like playing in the NBA. And they don't like so even though you might be the dope ass accountant or you might be the you might be like have a great relationship with God and people look to you for what other domain people look to you, you looking to this person for athletics and just like they might have wanted to have that relationship with God or they might have wanted to, you know, do this thing or excel in this domain. The star athlete or the huge musician or real estate developer looks to you for, wow, like this person's been successfully married for 35 years and I find something I admire in that. No, yeah, bro, that's that, that you hit the nail on the head. I immediately thought of James Harden and Lil Baby. Hmm? 
All right, so wait, weren't they like turning up or something like that? Not even that. They're like best friends. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know anything besides. I think he was like, he was like at a birthday party. He ended up getting like COVID violation protocol or something. Yeah. I don't remember too much about it. Yeah. No, but James Harden and Lil Baby, like uh-huh. they're I, friends. They're friends. Okay. So like, it'll, it'll be like James Harden will literally pull up in his car and go sit on a session with Lil Baby, mm. and just they'll be talking whatever it is, and like, and that's when you realize is that I think what we need to do as people is to stop limiting ourselves just based on the areas that we're not necessarily good at, right? There's going to be areas in life that you're just like, ah, I'm, I'm kind of decent at it. I'm okay at it. And sometimes we put a lot of energy into that to, ju- to just only focus on those. But it's like, there's a reason God gave you strength in some other things as well. So it's like, when you said like the friends where it's like, I can imagine my life five years from now where I'm like, yo, I'm going to have friends who are dope lawyers. I'm going to have friends who are great surgeons or nurses. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to have a variety of people because I'm like, yo, you do something that I have no knowledge about. It would be a disservice to myself to not understand your world. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, if if I need to go to the hospital real quick, I'm trying to call you. You know what, what I need to do. Like, hey, I have this bad injury. What do I do to it? You know what I'm saying? You know the information. Or if I go to, like, let's say, for instance, a producer, I'm like, hey, I'm trying to learn how to produce. And then he teaches me. I don't know all this stuff. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you have to like know people who know stuff. Yeah. You know what it is? I, I was thinking when you said it's not it's not the domain. It's the mm. excellence at the domain. Like it's not the fact that it's basketball or rapping or, mu- you know, this or it doesn't matter what it is. It's the fact that someone's great at it. That's what people recognize. It's the greatness. Mm. And when you're great at something, you recognize the great factor in other people and like you know, the real recognizes real. That's like, that's literally it. It's like, it doesn't matter that you're, you know, a pastor or you're a community organizer or you're an attorney. If you're great at what you do, other great people in other fields will like, and that's why someone like Lil Baby and James Harden can be friends, you know, mm. KD, like all these athletes are friends with, you know, musicians and vice versa. And not just in that realm, like that's a easy crossover, yeah. but like, you know, in a whole bunch of other realms as well. Like they have natural friends because if you're great at something, it's the same reason that LeBron can give his kudos to like Messi and he can give his kudos to Tom Brady. Because he's like, that's not what I do, but I know what it wh- takes to do that. Exactly. You know, real <laughs> recognizes real. Yeah. Like the greatness is a is a gene. Like there's something specific biologically ingrained in people where it's like they move a certain way. They act a certain way. Not to say like, oh, you know, you have to be, you know, I'm not trying to do the whole, what is it? Tabula Rosa, like nurture versus nature. That's oh, not what oh, I was okay, getting okay. into. Mm-hmm. But I was just saying that people who who move kingly recognize other kings. Mm. You feel me? Do you think that everyone has that gene of greatness inside of them? No. No? <laughs> no, I don't. Mm. You know, to be completely honest, um, I don't think everyone's meant to be like a boss. Oh no, not my bad. Not meant to be like when I when I say I'm like, do you think that everyone is born mm. with the gene of greatness? Like everyone has that greatness, technically. It's just how we how we use it. So I was gonna ask like, do you think it's like? Well, actually, no. That that goes back to your nature nurture question. Mm. Yeah. So never mind. But well, actually, I mean, maybe yes. You know, like. In terms of, if we're talking about greatness in terms of purpose, like, Mm -hmm. you know, if you fulfilling your purpose in life is you exemplifying greatness, you know, on that level, then yes, you know, I can believe because they're from that angle, like religiously, philosophically, spiritually, whatever, Mm -hmm. like 
I tend towards the everyone has a purpose, you know, serving others. So whatever that serving others looks like for you, I think everyone has the ability to do it. So through that, you can be quote unquote great. But if we're talking about like, you know, surface level greatness, like, like nigga, like LeBron's the greatest. <laughs> like People that, still trash him, which is mind boggling. Well, well, you know, cause, cause, cause it's lucid, man. I mean, like I didn't watch MJ play live. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So how am I supposed to compare? I can't compare YouTube highlights to what, yeah. that's not fair. You know what I'm saying? But, re, and, and not just that, but whatever. So like, when we're talking about that that level of greatness, like social society, ego driven, human level greatness, not the God level, great, you know what I'm saying? But the human level greatness. Yeah, I don't think everyone's great. <laughs> you know, like, I, in fact, I think most people suck at their jobs. Let's be honest. Like, like, hey. I feel like, yeah, I feel like most if I feel like if most people were better at their jobs, like or I feel like, yeah, if most people were better at their jobs, they'd realize how much easier society would be. A lot of yeah. societies hung up on people just being bad at their jobs. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, I think people are sometimes are bad at their jobs because they don't find any fulfillment in that job. You know what I'm saying? Like, let, let's say, for instance, example, right? Like, mm-hmm. a guy, person, guy, girl, they, whoever, right, decides to work at some firm. They make average median salary, like, let's say $60,000 a year. They, That's more than me. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> okay. That, it's, they're it's, in the range. They're in the range. Of you know what I'm saying? Class, I got you. A middle class. And, you know, uh, this is what they work their degree on, whatever it is, and they, and they keep going. After a year or so, they're like, hey, like, I don't really feel like I'm doing anything. I don't feel like anything that I do in here mm-hmm. makes me feel good. And then, like, nine times out of ten, they stay there because they know they're not going to get fired. But then they do the most minimum amount of work just to pass by and to still get paid. And so with that sense, it's like they're not really concerned about doing a good job because they it's like regardless if I do this bare minimum or the high S or high in, you know, mm-hmm. work ethic, I still get the same amount of money. I still get the same result. Mm-hmm. And so they're just like, okay, whatever. I I understand the logic behind it. I disagree mm-hmm. with the action. Like I don't, no, yeah, I, I don't, yeah. I don't agree with action at all. I don't care if you, if you don't find like if you not if you don't find the fulfillment in your work, that's your problem. It's not the work. You know what I'm saying? Like I worked at Chuck E. Cheese. I oh, worked yeah, my I ass off. That. You know what I'm saying? I worked at the gym. I worked my ass off. Like I, I had a bunch of you know like I bro, I worked as a flag football referee. I valeted cars. Yeah, like, yeah, I've done a, a bunch cars. of different jobs, right? And yeah. I, at all of them, I work my ass off. And it's not like when I'm doing, I'm like, I feel connected to God and like some deep <laughs> spiritual purpose. Nah, but I know that this is a means to an end. Mm-hmm. And if I want the end to be good, I'm going to do the means as best as I can as mm-hmm. well. So I don't, I understand the logic when people start to like, I look at it as a cop out. Like you said, like it's a complacency thing for me where it's like, Oh, you know, I really want to do this, but like I'm stuck doing this job. It's like, bro, find the purpose in it. You know, like we're we're all here for a limited amount of time. Like if you just get caught up on, you know, I'm not in my purpose or I'm not doing my career or whatever. It's like, this is it. What if you get hit by a bus right now? What what has your purpose been? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's why, like for me, it's a having a strong work ethic. When I see people who work hard at shitty jobs, those are the people I respect the most Facts. because you don't have to. You know what I'm saying? When I get on the phone, I was on the phone with someone on Friday and the guy, he doesn't know me, right? Like I've never spoken to him before, anything. I call him up his company, whatever. He answers and he's rude to me. You know, he's he's whatever. And I literally told, I was like, there's no need to act like an asshole. I'm asking you a simple question. 
You know, and he he was just there's so much um, presumptions and projections he was giving, which I completely understood given his position in the company. He's a customer service rep working at the working the phone at 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 the thing, and I can tell from you know the clientele of the company. It's a lot of rich assholes who probably call in and blow. I get it. You know what I'm saying? But you don't know me. So there's no need. You know what I'm saying? So there's no need to to act in, in that way. Like you're making when, when I was going back earlier, saying like if you do it a better job, you'd make everyone's life easier. Because right now, it not, it's not just making my life difficult. When you're making my life difficult, you're actually making everyone in your company's life difficult, too, because you're making something that's a real simple transaction into a real complicated now you have to get in contact with your coworker, with your supervisor slowing down processes doing you know what i'm saying like when people take ownership of what they're doing when he says man i understand that you know maybe i'm blah 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 you know but he just gets on the phone and he talks to you or whatever the interaction is on the level of of respect where it's like all right you know i may not appreciate what i'm doing but I'm going to give you respect and courtesy, like just off of the job. And there's, there's a bunch of people like, bro, you've checked into a hotel at one o'clock in the morning, 11 o'clock at night. And the person's dead tired. They're asleep at the counter. I've done this before. Right. And they're asleep, like at the counter, they don't want to be checking you in and they're look at them. They're like, they're that tired, but they still, they're like, Oh, you know, I'm so sorry. And let me check you into your room. And that's respect. You know what I'm saying? And I can respect that, but Mm -hmm. because they, they're not over here like, man, like, Fuck this job is but they're just doing what they need to do to get to where they need to go. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad. My bad for ransom. No, no, no. That, that, <laughs> that was a great point. That was a really great point. I'm gonna clip that for sure. <laughs> this nigga went in. But no, what I was gonna say was when you said uh it's a means to an end. And like, you know what I'm saying? You have to use it in the best way possible in order to get the best outcome. I immediately thought of school. I was like, okay, imagine a semester. There's like 10 assignments, mm. right? And there's like one or two exams. Your grade, your outcome is dependent on how well you do in each of these assignments. You know what I'm saying? So if you decide in the beginning to slack off and then go, you know, in the end you start picking up, it's like, ah, you might get average, right? But let's say, for instance, you go hard every single one. All right, your outcome is going to come even better. But no, I agree. Every time I go to any kind of like customer service, like fast food or retail, whatever it is, I, I treat the employees with like just respect. Off jump because the thing is like similar to you, bro. I worked a lot of jobs. You've seen the jobs I worked at. I worked at McDonald's. I worked at Taco Bell. I worked at Halal Guys. I worked at the Student Center at Mason. I worked at uh, the gym. I, you know, what I'm saying I worked a lot of jobs where it's like people just give you BS, and then you're just like, all right, man. Like you still have to show that like commitment of like, all right. Even though my feelings, I, I might feel something like that. I know what this work like needs you know what i'm saying and just off this strength it'll be able to help me with my career whether it be interactions or whatever bro that's what i was gonna bring up too where i was like yo with the james Harden little baby thing or even just like the people who get the furthest are the ones who treat people with respect it was like that's what i've learned throughout these jobs is that like yo i may not know you whatever is you might be a celebrity you may not be a celebrity i'm gonna treat you the exact same i treated someone else literally i went to play uh, top golf with my friends right and he invited like a local musician, right? I know of him. He knows of me. But I was like, oh, what's good, bro? You know, how are you? Da, da, da. We just have conversations. We keep it very chill. I have respect for him. He has respect for me. And that's just how it's supposed to go. Mm. Do you do you give respect to everyone? And do you give the same level of respect to everyone that you... I give everyone the same level of respect until like seen otherwise. Mm-hmm. So like off jump, like if I just see someone like, you know, hi, how are you doing? Da, da, da. You keep it very simple, whatever. But if someone's being rude to me, 
you're being disregarded. Like, I'm not going to interact with you. Okay. Um, how much does our appearance, like, command or dictate respect? Oh, it's similar to the other podcast episode we had. Oh, we did? Remember we talked about appearances? But that was more so dating. Oh, okay. Yeah, so in the same fashion, mm-hmm. right? I will say nowadays, yeah, appearance does matter in terms of how people perceive you. Mm-hmm. Maybe not respect. I think respect itself, everyone, and obviously in an ideal world, should respect other people just off the basis of like you're a person. I don't know you, but you've probably like have been living life just in general and life is hard. So I'm not going to make your life any like more complicated. I'm just going to, you know, simple transaction, you know, but um, in some instances, right? Like, let's say for instance, an easy example, right? There could be like a club or whatever it is. And then like some baller or some person who's like hella popping right now just comes into the, to the club, right? The whole atmosphere changes now. Everyone's like, oh shit, a celebrity, right? Mm-hmm. So now everyone puts the celebrity on a pedestal because, oh, they're seen as more respectable and they have all these accolades and stuff. And then that's how like, you know, um, it, it can create like a an uneven, uneven balance. Okay. Yeah. Um, like, like right now, for instance, like there's a discussion going on online. I've been noticing Monique. Okay. Um, she came out and she said cool. like Monique a little before your time. Oh, oh wait, wait. Okay. No, 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 no. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She came out and she said that I didn't, I didn't watch the video. I just heard some conversations around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, women shouldn't wear bonnets in public. Oh, so that's where it comes from. Mm-hmm. I've been seeing that like on Twitter, like random people are like, we can wear bonnets whenever we want to and I have a lot of retweets and like, I'll like it because like, I agree. But at the same time, I was like, where is this coming from? Because it, it wasn't just one. It was like multiple tweets I saw about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but OK, go ahead. So I guess mm-hmm. we'll start there. You okay. know, like from that, you know, do you think that women can wear bonnets like anywhere they want? Yeah. OK. I don't I don't think it, it matters. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because it's like. Now, obviously, people people see like day to day, like when, you, when you're doing your day to day activities, you have to look better. You have to present yourself better. You have to make it seem that you're on you're on the go, whatever it is. The thing is, you don't know what people are doing right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's say, for instance, it's seven in the morning and you need to go to the store. Are you really going to dress up or are you going to wear a bonnet? Shit, they could wear a bonnet, wear a do-rag. Who cares? You know what I'm saying? Or even like I remember yesterday, I wore a do-rag out in public. I was in downtown Richmond on Broad Street. And I went and got uh, Bodillas or whatever. I was just wearing a do-rag. I didn't... Because the thing... It matched my outfit. So I was like, I'm going to wear it. Um, so I feel like anyone can just wear whatever they want, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> I generally agree. Generally, the... Because I, I do wear... I wear whatever I feel comfortable in, Right? At the same time, I'm not unconscious of the fact that my appearance does dictate the manner in which people look at me and yeah. respect me. Yeah. And and this does kind of go back to, I remember now kind of the conversation we're having where it's like, I'm going to wear these clothes like regardless. And like my, in my mind, you're going to respect me regardless. But I know that that's not reality. Mm. You know, I know that the respect actually kicks in a lot of times once the person starts having a conversation and I present myself in a certain fashion, then they can, they start to respect me more or whatever. Mm. But 
I don't know if the conversation is on, you know, should like in an should being like an ideal, ideal world, you yeah. know, versus mm-hmm. like what is and mm-hmm. like that's why like when, when you know if a woman's like you know, I can wear a bonnet anywhere, you know, or if you when you're saying hey I can wear a do rag anywhere, mm-hmm. you're right, you're 100 percent right. You can wear it anywhere, just like I mean, you can wear it to court, you can wear it to work, you can wear it to the gym. There's almost like a time and place for everything in a way. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing is like you could and 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 you could be still still be successful. Like I don't think there's a rule like if I went to court that they'd be like, nah, bro, you have to come back in a tie. Like, nah, bro, these are my clothes. Like I'm covered up. Like, you know, I could be like that and I could still win if I have a case. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, it's just, it just goes down to like, how much do you want to assert your beliefs like, like basically what hills do you want to die on at which time? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And like to what severity? So in my day-to-day life, I'm willing to take the loss basically in, in respect that like transient people give me. Basically when I'm moving through my day-to-day life, I'm fine with people looking at me and not really like thinking highly of me that much. That's completely fine with me because um, in other instances where I need to command respect, you know, socially i can i can do that as well but i know the position i'm putting myself into you know what i'm saying i think that if you go out and you have the idea where nah this is who i am take it as i am and and that's okay right but then if you come to the point where you start to say things like how come no man approaches me Mm. you start to say things like um how come other men and and now if you're a man and you're wearing a do-rag how come other men don't look me in the eye, you know, when they're talking to me or greeting me or they, whatever, how come the, you know, people are crossing the street, you know, you as a black man wearing a do-rag, <laughs> you know, like if, if you start to bring up these questions now for me, it's like, well, look at what you're doing. And I'm not disagreeing with why you're doing it, but you also have to understand the why is different from the outcome. Yeah. It was, it's actually very similar to, um, I was watching Abba and Preach, and they, they were pretty much saying, it was like, let's say, for instance... Uh, Come on the pot. <laughs> yo, that ass. That'd be yeah. great to have Abba and Preach. But no, the, uh, the, there was an interview with someone from Avengers. I forgot what his his name is. It might have been like something Hawk or Falcon or something like that. And he was explaining, you know, what, like with race and, and things like that. But pretty much the whole outcome of it was like, yo, there's things that are not okay. Let's say, for instance, like if I get pulled over by a cop, He harasses me. He shoots me. Right. That's not okay. The thing is, this is the reality we live in. Right. And there's some people that argue like, well, why are you you talking about black lives and why, you know, white people get shot, too? Okay, that doesn't make it any better. You know, this is still a problem. (laughs) nigga. like, why are you why are you yelling at me? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's still a problem. So it's like, yes, an ideal world, you know, we should all be able to wear do rags and all wear to wear bonnets. But it's like I also understand I wouldn't wear my do rag at a at a business meeting. You know what I'm saying? Or going to court or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think the only times really I would wear a do-rag out in public is number one, I'm just linking up with people, whatever. Like, I have like friends I know. Keep it cool, casual. I don't really care. It's like a day-to-day thing. Or if there is a party, sometimes I'll wear a do-rag to party. It's cool. Um, but yeah, there's like certain time, I guess it's similar to Professor Oak in Pokemon. Let's say for instance, because you're Ash in Pokemon. And you're you're, tra- okay, hold on. Mm-hmm. you're you're traveling, you're traveling, you get all these Pokemon, you get your ranks up, you know what I'm saying? You beat the gym leaders and shit. And over time, you start getting new gadgets. One of the gadgets is the bike, right? But let's say, for instance, you go inside a building and you try to use that bike. What does Professor Oak say? Ash, there's a time and place for everything. Not right now. Mm. 
Facts. Nigga was spitting bars. <laughs> <laughs> Facts, yo. Facts. Straight up. You know. Sometimes the vehicles in life, you feel <laughs> the vehicles that will be available to you will differ they, depending on your situation. See, when you're in the situation of in the beginning stages and just going through life day by day, you need to walk because you need to experience the struggle. But as you progress in life, you build up your assets and your resources and you acquire things like a bike. Now, this bike will take you to destinations you've never seen before. This nigga reminds me of like the what? fake motivational speakers. Bro, that's all they do, right? <laughs> they be talking mumbo jumbo. Take the most basic thing. Like, graham crackers. It's like... Graham crackers. <laughs> graham crackers. Graham crackers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Passive that's, income. <laughs> that's the Griffey. <laughs> bro, I fucking love Griffey, bro. This man just be Success. Going. Steve Jobs. <laughs> yeah, I remember they were using the steps. And he was like, second step, you have to acquire my book. It's $1,500. Third step. Fourth step. <laughs> <laughs> What's the third step? <laughs> he didn't even say it. He just nodded. <laughs> well, that's, that's how it be, bro. I- I don't know. You know, I went to like, I was in Amway and stuff. So no, yeah, and I, I did the same thing. I, I did the same thing with Cutco. Cutco, yeah. yeah. Oh, bro. I knew. I knew at the time, too. Good thing I didn't get in too deep, bro. Right? Yeah, after like two weeks, like literally, like there was a girl in my high, uh, high school that went with, with me, too, at the same group, whatever. And her and I both started to realize, like, wait a second. Something doesn't sound right about this. So uh, I just man. left. Bro, yeah. if someone can't explain to you their business in like 30 seconds, if they got to be like, oh, come meet these business professionals to explain to you. Like, why? Nigga, why? like, you can't explain it. Is it that complicated, bro? <laughs> if it's that complicated, I ain't interested. <laughs> no, sure I only want to do stuff I understand. Like, <laughs> I understand build. <laughs> so I do that. <laughs> straight up. Yeah, straight uh, up. A question I was going to ask you. Um, I, I made a, um, a video on this. I'm going to post it later this week. Okay. Um, why is it, right, that currently in society... Um, people are asking men to be emotionally vulnerable. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen like articles or even like culture talk about that, Mm -hmm. but that's been a really big topic of discussion is that men need to be vulnerable. Men need to show emotion more in their relationships. This is the reason why we're not leading anywhere. You know, men need to show their emotions pretty much. And I was going to ask you as a question is that, have you ever been vulnerable with someone, let's say from like a partner, right? And what was like kind of like the result of that? Um, or at least has it ever backfired on you? Like you being vulnerable? Of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. If you don't have the respect as a man, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Heterose- we'll make all the disclaimers you know, so niggas want to don't come at us. <laughs> heterosexual relationship, man speaking to a man. Damn. Like, but um, It could be anything, to be honest. <laughs> But in this specific in this context, specific yeah, context, context like, yeah. the reason why I'm saying this is because like mm-hmm. if if the man doesn't have in my opinion right if the mm-hmm. man doesn't have the woman's respect yet and he um, becomes emotionally vulnerable whatever mm-hmm. that phrase means mm-hmm. um, then it's difficult for him to gain that respect yes if he already has the woman's respect I think in my opinion like it's okay within certain contexts and like to varying degrees and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I push back a lot on like the need for men to 
be emotionally vulnerable and like express themselves and and I, I think I kind of told you this like my take on it kind of is like it's it's kind of selfish for other people to demand that someone like you need to be more emotional yeah you need to be emo- and that's the thing is that you don't just because I'm not emotionally vulnerable with you doesn't mean that a I don't experience emotions b I don't understand my emotions and c that I don't express them you know, I, just because you have a mismatch in how I present and what I feel in your mind doesn't mean that I didn't go through the full range of emotions and process. Like it. you don't know what it took for me to even tell you this thing or, you know, things. like Exactly. That. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just so say, for instance, there's a traumatic event that happens and and, you know, you witness it. Yes, you can cry. Right. And that's in my mind, that's an acceptable thing to do. Mm-hmm. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? But I also don't care if you choose to just take it in and then process it at your own time later. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's not I don't think that just because you cried when something happened, that means that it was a healthier, you know, release than someone taking into account everything that happens and then figuring it out on their own. You know what I'm saying? Because the grief period and process in my mind looks differently for different people. And that's just speaking of grief, let alone like other emotions and stuff. So a lot of the things with like, oh, men need to be emotionally vulnerable with women. This is a, this is a, a mostly like a, in my mind, like a woman's construct. You know, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a woman trying to understand man in the, in the, in the eyes of women. So for, you know, so because there's a match when most of the time, you know, if someone's happy, you know, if you think of stereotypical images of woman and man. Right. When there's like, ah, you know, she's mm-hmm. happy and she has all these happy emotions and maneuvers and stuff like that. So there's an easy match where even if you couldn't hear or whatever, if you just looked at that woman, you would be like, she's happy or she's sad, you know, but she a woman. It's very it's a lot harder for them to do that with a man mm. a lot of times. So in my mind, it's selfish. <laughs> right. Because it's like it makes the process easier for you, but it discounts the process and experience for the other person. Mm. Yeah, yeah, bro. That's wow. Because I, I remember you brought that up before, where you were like, you know, you're like, it, it's it's kind of selfish to to have to open up your emotions, whatever it is. At the time, I was like, okay, I can kind of understand. But over time, I was like, okay, well, what does he like exactly mean? Like, you know, what I'm saying it's selfish because like I consider myself someone that like uh, is willing to compromise on things. You know, what I'm saying I, I don't consider myself fully selfless or even selfish. I just feel like I'm good at compromising, mm-hmm. right? And um, so the way that you brought it up was just like, hey, like, why is it that you're like telling me I have to do this one thing? But it's like the way I show emotions is completely different. And my process is completely different than yours of showing emotion. Because like I know some women that cry instantly. I know some women that takes them two weeks in order for them to cry. Like everyone's process is different. And the reason I asked is because I was like, um, it's also kind of a setback in that whole narrative of like men need to show their emotions, men need to be vulnerable. I was like, okay, fair, right? The times that men have shown their vulnerability or, you know, things that they've been dealing with, whatever, most people don't really, number one, respect it. And then they're seen as less than whenever they do. Like, like there's been, I'm not saying this is my entire life and all oh, these women didn't listen to me. No, like, you know, I've had a lot of fair share of women that I've been vulnerable with and they've listened to me. And I deeply appreciate those moments. What I've also been aware of is that I can't really just 
be fully vulnerable with someone and not have to consider like you will probably see me as less than and then not really respect me mm. in terms of the man and the woman. Like it could be a friendship, it can be a relationship. So it's real. Um, it's hard, you know what I'm saying? And so like, I was going to post it and I already knew, like in my mind, I'm like, I already know this is going to go. Did it die? No, I have no idea. No, okay. Um, <laughs> but in my mind, I was like, I already know this is going to cause controversy. Cause I feel like most people are going to be like, but women said that it, and it's like, bro, th- th- you're missing the whole point. You know what I'm saying? Like you're missing what I'm, I'm trying to I'm, say. I'm actually a fan of controversy. And, I am too. <laughs> and, and I know that might be like, oh, wow, wow. Like, wow, Luffy, you love controversy. Devil's <laughs> but, advocate. But controversy in terms of like, because controversy is really just conversation. That's yeah. what all it invites, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just opening up conversations. And I think that a lot of times we need to do that. I don't understand. Well, I do understand, you know, why people get <laughs> <laughs> emotional and mad in conversations. But I also think that a lot of times, to be honest, like, just talking about things is exercise. Like if if you, I mean, and that's the thing is that you know me, right? So yeah. we talk often and stuff and you can point to a lot of different things where my opinion has changed over time. Yeah. But part of that comes from us talking about it out loud. Part of that comes from us having these philosophical conversations about, you know, what do you think about this? And then, you know, you give me a perspective and then I think of a different perspective and then we just talk about it and then we're just, you know, and then it rumbles in our minds and then we go experience a little bit of life and and then we have more relevant conversations. It jumps off into secondary, com- you know, the whole gambit. But then you end up with a really refined opinion in a really open mind. You know simultaneously. what's so crazy? There's two interviews I saw and it brought up the same point, right? He's like, it's seen as bad to say a truth that you once believed in learn the information that, hey, this perspective was a little skewered. Apologize and then also make the efforts to learn better. That's seen as cowardly. Or that's seen as like, you're going back on your opinion, you fucking dummy. Like, you know, it's like, no. Flip-flopper. Like, flip, yeah, flip-flopper. And it's like, you ha- you literally have to learn new things, right? And it was even like, there's another interview too, the second one. That's was, why it's an opinion. Exactly. And so it's like, <laughs> People get very attached to certain opinions. They put that as their identity. Mm. So there's like, that's why like a lot of times in America, things are very divisive, like hella divisive. You know what I'm saying? Because people latch on their opinions and then project it onwards to you. It's like, yo, people can't even have a room to ask questions anymore without being seen as like arrogant or you should educate yourself. Bro, niggas, like if I'm saying something, if I say a statement, whatever, and a certain group of people like, hey, that was offensive to me or whatever. Like, um, and like, here's the reason why. Then I'm like, oh, snap. Thank you for letting me know. I appreciate that. I'll make sure not to do that again. What Resolve. Do you, what do you mean? It's not like, hey, that was offensive. Cancel him. <laughs> <laughs> Get out. Hashtag you need to cancel leave. ASK. <laughs> Bro, honestly, listen, I'm going to say this right now. I already know for a fact, five years from now. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a cancel ASK for something I said in the podcast, probably. Bro, bro, they can't cancel me. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> they can't cancel me. You can't cancel I am God. <laughs> nah, it's not. You can't, you can't cancel someone who's just telling the truth, truth about and Just being honest. Yeah, if I'm being honest about everything and I'm like truthful about the whole experience from A to Z, fuck it. <laughs> no, I, I, that's how I feel with a lot of like artists, like um, entertainers, whatever it is. Like sometimes they'll, let's say for instance, like, like Kanye, right? Kanye has said a lot of controversial things, right? To the point everyone's like, bro, you're done, leave, right? He's still around because why? He learns from something that he says, realizes it's not the right thing, 
and then just goes on from it. And that's how it's, it's, it's even like, let's say if it's like Gambino, like if you look at his whole like uh, discography, even from like acting and stuff, there's things he probably said like in music, whatever that was seen as controversy, but he was like, yeah, like I, you learn from that shit. Like you grow up. Like, mm. why, why are you trying to pinpoint something I said when I was 15? <laughs> like <laughs> with Kanye, he, he does what you said earlier before mm-hmm. was like, Big idea, and then it takes them like, or it takes us months for us to filter and you know refine down what it is that he actually meant. Like slavery was a choice, and then you refine it down. Like okay, I okay, you understand what you mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. Makes sense. Months later, like, yeah. like okay, okay. Because I remember when it first happened, bro. Twitter was a, oh my god. But that's why you got to give people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, going back to something you said earlier, which was big uh-huh. too, is like uh-huh. in our society nowadays, there's like. Two groups of people almost. There's mm-hmm. there's people and then there's ideas being pushed by people. Okay. <laughs> right? Yeah. And like 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 you said, like they latch onto these ideas so much that when you attack the idea, they you think that you're attacking that they think that you're attacking them. And that's what a lot of people who are like consider that's why I don't call myself a Democrat. I don't call myself a Republican. And it's not just those labels, but and I'm not one of those people like, oh I you know, I'm a free thinker, I'm outside the all boxes, you know, like free thinker. <laughs> I'm not. I said I'm not. But yeah. but the premise of it, like I completely understand. Like obviously, we have to have some labels as society yeah. to categorize things. You know, it's a it's a difficult balance. Everything in life is this difficult ass balance. That's the that's the short of it, guys. It's life is hard as fuck. <laughs> it really is. But but the point being is like, um, if you look at yourself as Ahmed or Luffy. Mm. And, and it's the same thing that I I do in my meditation practice. When a thought comes in my mind in my, in my meditation practice, like I'm taught to release that thought myself from that thought and allow that thought to move past me, you know, because I'm separate from my thoughts. You know, I can allow my thoughts to manifest themselves. And that's what those people have done. They've let those thoughts intrude into themselves so much that they think they're them thoughts that they don't understand. They cannot fathom like you know, gay marriage, or they could not fathom, you know, uh, Palestine, you know, existing or not existing, or they could not fathom like a million different political, you know, abortion or no abortion. Like where for me, like I used to have very strong opinions on stuff and I have strong, it's not like I lost the strong opinions, but like my opinions have shifted a lot. I I like, I literally remember when I used to be against gay marriage. Really? Yeah. Like I remember Hmm. this was Obama used to be, bro. That's the I mean, thing. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not like, no, no, I'm not, like, no. But I'm, no, no, I'm saying, like, bro, I was in middle school. Like, I remember. Like, oh, I was in middle okay. Like, yeah, I, I'm saying, I, when I was in middle school, I remember Obama was running. Yeah. And I remember he wasn't for gay marriage. I yeah. remember they asked when he him. First, when he yeah, first they ran. asked him and they asked Hillary. And, like, even before that, a little bit, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm with him. Like, I'm not, I'm not really with gay marriage. And I remember when he switched in the Supreme Court and everything. And I yeah. switched before him, to be fair, too. But, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> yeah, Barack, you a little slow. <laughs> no, but the point being is that, like, if I didn't attach myself so strongly to that thing or the fact that, you know, people will hold that onto him and be like, oh, you're a flip-flopper. And and there's there's truths and faults to being a flip-flopper. There's some shit that you need to stand on 10 toes down. This is who you are. This is what you believe. These are the truths about me. Everything else <laughs> has to be given some sort of wiggle room. And it's difficult when you're a politician. I can, I'll give them grace, you know, because you're elected off one set of things and then you go into office, you learn some new information. You want you to change should, your mind. You should be able to change to, to go towards what you believe is the best thing to do, you know? So I think what's really dangerous to sum it all up, like in mm-hmm. our society nowadays is 
you know, people need to step away from their ideas. You know, mm. when when you're in your ego, you can you can attach yourself to your thoughts, and then it's the, one of the most powerful things. But you also have to detach yourself from your thoughts because that's also one of the most powerful things. There's two sides to everything in life. It's a delicate balance. I feel like I'm repeating myself all the time. There's two sides <laughs> to every story, and I ain't a judge or sign up for jury duty. Absol. Mm. Fuck, bro. Fucking underrated. Shit, nah. Absol's nice. Yeah, Absol's definitely nice. But no, nah, when you said like the, you have to say 10 toes down about something, it's like, I remember there was like a Kendrick interview. Um, this might have been like back, like a while, a while back. But they were like commenting on his earlier music. They're like, hey, you know, you said, you said this thing where it was like, um, a bitch is a bitch, a hoe is a hoe, a woman is a woman, right? And he was just like, I stay 10 toes down about that. <laughs> like, I said what I said, nigga. I said nigga. what I said, nigga. <laughs> and, was, and, you know, obviously, like, compared to today, right? Honestly, this is like 2010, 11 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, compared to today, everyone's like, oh, you said what? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> Women hearing, a cunt is a cunt. <laughs> wow! Yeah, but, you know, uh... some, some people like to get hot about that. But I also understand, it's like, hey, like, there might be something in Kendrick's life that he like, you know, realized like was like, hey, this is the, this is the reason why behind it. Obviously, when you first hear it, it might not sound pretty, but it's like everyone you have to give people the grace or at least the benefit of the doubt of like, hey, like they had this big idea for a reason. So it's obviously built on some type of truth or foundation. So instead of me attacking them because of their idea, maybe they're just genuinely like just like trying to you know, speak about what they think is true. Now, obviously there's other people that are like really aggressive with it, but if it's someone that's just says a statement, they think it's true. Like there's no reason to bash. You know what I'm saying? If he's open or she's open to willing to learn, it's like, why not like teach them, educate them? Because we're humans, bro. <laughs> we, we, we fuck up. We're over here. The same thing that we're doing. We're talking super mm-hmm. idealistically high level philosophical yeah. conversations. But when we get out there in the real world and some nigga comes up to us and is like, bro, Drake sucks or you excuse know, me. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna, it's going to start. A, it's going to start. A, and you're going to be like, bro, this this person is dumb. Like, you know, in your mind. Yeah. You're gonna be like, yo, this, this person doesn't know what they're talking about. Blah, blah. Yeah. But the thing is, right, is that we're, we're having the conversation. So it's like we're not I'm not looking for idealistic at all. You know what I'm saying? What I'm looking for is progression. That's true. So it's like life isn't perfect. It's, it's progression, though. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I remember there was habits and stuff or even like ways I would I would communicate with people a year ago that I don't do now. You know what I'm saying? Because like you just continuously make an effort and notice it whenever it pops up. So there might be a time someone would be like, Drake sucks. Right. And the first thing I'm like, nigga, you know, but then I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Okay, let's see why he thinks Drake sucks. Mm. And he's like, oh, you know, like ever since he dropped, you know, this project, his thing has always been the same. And I'm like, understand. Like, okay, oh, he doesn't really hate Drake. He just doesn't maybe feel or like his most recent work. Like, exactly. Okay, I can understand that thing. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, how deep are we? Huh? Uh, forty-six minutes. Okay. Okay. Um, shoot, bro. I had a, I had a thing, something. You had um, a topic. Yeah. Okay. Um. It was kind of about titles. I don't know how titles. I was. Yeah, I don't know how I was thinking about this. Yeah, I remember you said you brought up titles. Yeah. Titles as in like relationship titles or just no, but ownership? that can that can kind of that can kind of. I mean, you can use it in whatever sense you want, almost. But mm-hmm. um, it kind of is the similar to the this conversation we we're just having about separating yourself from your thoughts. Oh, okay. A lot of people are like really attached to the title of something. Okay. Right? Um, so, for instance. When they graduate college, they're, you know, they got the title of having a bachelor's degree. Um, you know, they, <coughs> they want to 
maybe you know release a song or something so they can have the title of artist or rapper um do you feel like it's difficult to strike that balance for you personally between the titles that you're searching after and and the actual substance behind the title so that question again do you find it difficult to like strike a balance between like willing a title into existence and the substance behind the, the like the work basically behind the actual title so for instance like how long were you like calling yourself a musician before your work really supported the fact that you were a musician? Five years. Cause I started making music when I was 14 and then nothing really got serious, serious until I was like 19 or 20. Then it was like, Oh, there's proof that like, okay, this person's a musician. So he was at 19. So like 19 or so is when you first kind of felt like you had some sort of social proof yeah okay and what was it that gave you that social proof the reason uh what was it so wait no 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 no, no. i was well there was one time at 17 mm-hmm. and then there was another major time at 19 so 17 i dropped my first music video mm-hmm. mind you i'm an indie artist i don't have anyone backing me up I don't have anything. This is just me off the strength of me. I got like 800 views just off my first music video. And so I was like, okay, this is like proof that like, hey, I actually have something here. Right. And I think when I was like 19, um, I I think I dropped another project or like there was some kind of accolade I got. I don't know what it was to be like specific, but I remember it was like something that was like major. And I was like, okay, this is like definitive proof. Like, okay, I am a musician. I'm a music artist. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I guess now here's the, the, the deeper question, I guess, yeah. too, is that for that four to five year period or three to five year period, however long, mm-hmm. um, where you, you were doing music, but you didn't socially feel like. Oh, yeah. No, I was, I was ashamed. You were ashamed? Not ashamed, but like more so I wasn't comfortable saying, hey, I'm a music artist. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I personally didn't feel like I had proof. I was like, bro, I drop a project once a year. Maybe a single like two months before the project. That's pretty much it. That's all I have. So I was like, I didn't fully consider myself an artist until I started making artist moves. You know what I'm saying? Whether it be music videos, whether it be business clientele, you know what I'm saying? Whether it be learning just the business of music itself. You know what I'm saying? Like once I learned that, I'm like, oh, like I'm a businessman and a music artist. Like I I tell people that. I'm like, I I tell I tell my professors that. I tell people in my class. So a lot of people, like not a lot of people, but like some people like smirk and laugh. I'm like, okay, yeah, you think it's funny. <laughs> Look at my electronic press kit. Here's all the things I did. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't even know what I've done. That's okay. Cause it's all first basis. But like, I'll, I'll, you know what I'm saying? I tell people that cause I'm like, this is what I believe. This is what I know. What is, um, so like, do you, do you have like a, a, a daily affirmation practice or a, a regular I've been trying to get back into that. A regular affirmation process? Kind of, yeah. So like, let's say for instance, because I mean, most times people think it's like, oh, you wake up, you meditate, you have these affirmations. And like, don't get me wrong. That's what you should strive to do. But let's be real. Sometimes that might not always happen with life, right? So usually now with me, it's like whenever I get anxious, and I get anxious a lot, actually. Like I've, I've noticed my patterns and behaviors in certain situations, and I'll notice I get very anxious easily. 
just by all the slightest things. Um, and one affirmation I tell myself is like, I was like, your spirit is continuing to learn. Give yourself grace. So it's like, I remind myself, like, anytime I feel anxious and I feel like my chest is tightening, I'm like, it's a real just deep, you know, big breath. And that's like, that's for me, it's one affirmation because it's like, I'm breathing into life. I'm like, I'm here. You know what I'm saying? I, I can. I guess I can what that. I mean is like, do you ever do any visualizations or affirmations where you affirm yourself? You're saying, I am this. Oh. Or you oh. visualize you doing something. Yeah, yeah. So what I do is I'll watch, I'll watch interviews from my favorite artists. I'll watch them tour. I'll watch, um, you know, uh, um, certain award shows and like people giving like their speeches of how it made it, you know, things like that. Or just seeing like, there's YouTube documentaries, like many ones that people make of certain artists. Like this is how they made it. This is what they did. I've seen, I saw Drake's. I remember seeing Drake's. It was like 40 minutes long. Watched the entire thing. And when you really realize Drake's process, you're like, wow. Like that makes me feel affirmed and like, hey, I'm in the right path. I'm doing these things as well. Let's keep it going. Okay. But do you do a practice? That's what I'm saying. Now, I guess maybe do you I ever, do you ever sit there and say, nah. or you sit there and visualize I more so visualize. Like, okay. I, I'm, how long have you been doing that? Visualizing, like where mm-hmm. I want to be. Shit, since I started making music. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I'm trying to to get to. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, is that when you're you're visualizing something that doesn't exist, or you're saying something that doesn't exist, and for years, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, because. If you started making music at how old? 14 or something? 14. Okay. And you felt like it, let's say at 17, okay? Or 19, either or. Mm. So you started visualizing when you were 14 also. Mm. Right? Yeah. So for three years, you're visualizing something that doesn't exist. Yeah. How, like, how do you compel yourself to keep doing it? Mm. I don't know. That's like that's actually like a great question. I don't think I've ever been asked that. How does someone like today, like mm-hmm. a a kid who's out there today, because what they're doing, right? Say a kid wakes up today and he's like, "Hey, I want to start a real estate development company," or "Hey, I want to um, become a musician." They're gonna wake up, and the only not the only steps, but the first steps that they t- can take to do that is to say, "I am a real estate developer. I am a musician." And then sit there and visualize exactly it is what they want and then start to work the steps backwards and do these daily affirmations and visual visualization practices. Mm. The huge disconnect is those visualizations and affirmation practices from the social title Mm. that you've been given and how many years you have to stick within your little bubble is the only affirmation that you have because socially you haven't been affirmed yet. After three years, you got affirmed, right? You got a little bit of affirmation. I'm, I'm sure along the way you get little bits of affirmation. Someone's yeah, like, yeah. hey, I like that. You know, some a real small <coughs> offhanded compliment. Yeah. It, it drives you to keep going, you know, but then later on, once you were 19 and you're defined now by almost like, no, no, everyone sees you as a musician, you know, so... Then you for sure have the social affirmations, you know, um, 
and and everything like it's 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 been actualized the visualizations yeah. have been actual but those first three years that's where you know 95 yeah. of people give up it's like, it's like well, how did i keep going i think what it is is that like with me i'm a big like visionary and stuff so it's like i'll like you said i'll visualize stuff like remember i'll tell you like i'll hear a beat but i already know how the song is gonna end you may not know what i'm writing or how i'm gonna attack it whatever but in my mind i'm like i know how this song is gonna end i know the beginning i know the middle this is my story. This is my art. And so that was similar to me. It was like, the way I'm treating it is that this is my art. This is this is my canvas. My life is my canvas. And I'm going to paint it however I want to. You may not like it right now. You may see that one dot and be like, but you have all this white. Okay, cool. That's fine. I'm, I'm concerned on this one corner right now. But watch how this one corner can make me paint a whole sea of stuff. You know what I'm saying? So like, I think when I was like 14 and I was learning to make music is that you just, you keep learning about things about being a music artist that are like, you probably shouldn't do that. Okay, when you rap, you should start doing stuff like this and you start getting critiques from people. Now, obviously in the beginning, I'll be like, nah, man, like, y'all don't understand me, man. Like, I'm a rapper, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'll be so egotistical, but it's like, bro, they're the reason why you got better. Like, if people didn't tell you you were trash, you would have never gotten better. So, yeah. Constructive criticism. No, yeah, and I, I think like you just have to like really like how, like what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? You have to like it because you like doing it, not because you like the title of it. You know what I'm saying? Like if you genuinely like to do something, you don't need to tell anybody you do it until like I mean, obviously not until people tell you, then you stop. But it's like there's probably going to be a point everyone like you know they notice your work and they're like, hey, you're a blank, and you're like. Yes. People will naturally notice your greatness. Going back to it earlier, yeah. like greatness shows. Like everyone yeah. can recognize greatness. So when you're really in your bag, you're doing your thing. Like people was, notice. People notice. And same thing. It was only so long. Like in the beginning, I was also ashamed you know, mm-hmm. of the work I was doing. I remember you telling me that. Mm-hmm. You know, but after a while, no one could deny. Everyone knew me for this yeah. and they came to me for this and this is who I was. And and it, literally, there I could not hide it. Yeah, like, bro. <laughs> like, literally, I'm, I was off of everything, and I was not telling no one anything. I remember. But people still knew because yeah. greatness shows. It's crazy because I was talking to Eminem just yesterday, and they're like, bro, your, your brother's still doing real estate? I was like, yeah, he's just being low-key. He's like, I like that. He's like, bro, I missed the post that he was doing. It was mad motivational. I was like, yeah, it was. Honestly, I liked it. But no, nah, but like, yeah, I, I think greatness shows in every single way. You know what I'm saying? Is that you don't need to tell people all your moves, whatever it is, but they'll, they'll peep when you're just being focused and like you're really getting it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's a nice note to wrap it up. Yeah. With. All right, y'all. It's been real. This is Ahmed and Luffy, and this is the Brotherly Love Podcast, episode thirty-one. Appreciate y'all listening. Thank you for watching and liking. Make sure to share to all your friends and family. Peace. Peace.